Hello and welcome to the fourth, I think it's the fourth, the fourth episode of Story Screen Reports, the Story Screen podcast where we cover the top stories in film, TV, and entertainment. I'm your host, Robbie Anderson. I'm the guy who hosts this show. It's my brainchild, a child boy from my mind. And one day it'll become a brain man, and it will it will kill me. It will murder me, and and then you'll hear their voice. That's all good sons may be. do. As all good sons do. A nice little patricide to start the day. Uh, the voice you hear is a very special guest. You may have heard him on some podcasts. He hasn't been on a ton of story screen podcasts. And I know last episode I said I I only want guests who have done a hundred podcasts, but. <laughs> You know, I've I've done some soul searching and, uh, you know, if I remember correctly, Tim, Tim has done, you know, between like 98, 99 podcasts. I'm going to let him on here. This is Slim Tim Irwin, the boy. Hello. My son. <laughs> yes, I will kill you. I'm your son. <laughs> I w- <laughs> You're going to fucking die. So, uh, Tim, I can't uh, see you. We had some uh, just slight laggy delays and stuff, oh, but uh, I can hear I can hear you. This goddamn Time Warner, Spectrum, whoever they are now. Whoever they, they should are. should be in jail. <laughs> I hate them. Yeah. Uh, Tim, how uh, how are you? I'm doing okay, uh, baby. I'm I'm living the dream. You You're know? Living the dream. Yeah. You love to hear it. Tim, I'm very excited for the show today. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, what I do is that I select five stories. I spend the month slaving over the internet trying to find what i think are the the most interesting topics for discussion in the world of tv news and entertainment i select five stories and i put that on what i've now called the real if you listen to previous previous episodes i've called it the docket now i've rebranded it it's called the real movie lingo that kind of stuff so i've yeah, chose nice. five stories you like it right you've seen yeah. you've seen the docket i've updated the 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 page it looks good it's nice it's good stuff uh, but yeah, so I choose these five stories. Uh, any of the stories that we talk about on the show, you can find links in uh, wherever this episode is posted. The links to all the stuff we're talking about will be down below. So if you want to do more research or I read segments of the articles, I don't read the entire article. So if you want to get even more context on some of the stuff we're talking about, that stuff is all down in the description. But without further ado, let's spin the reel. That's more new. That's more new lingo <laughs> I've invented for this show. Spin the reel and talk about story number one. The next Star Wars film terrifies Lucasfilm. This story is written by Matthew Belloni at Puck News. And it goes like this. I can confirm there's a new film project in development for the past few months with writer-producer Damon Lindelof and Shereen Obeyed Chinoy, a TV and documentary short director who is in talks to direct the movie, which would be her, not Jenkins, the first woman to direct a Star Wars film. That movie could actually shoot before the Taika Waititi project with the good nurse writer uh, Christy Wilson Carnes, which was announced back in 2020 with a spiffy logo and concept art. Taika is currently in New Zealand making his HBO Max show, Our Flag Means Death, until the end of the year. And in June, two years after the film was officially announced, he said, quote, I'm still trying to figure out what the story is, end quote. Not great. 
There's another concept that's apparently also far along, and that may be a rumored project from Marvel's Kevin Feige and writer Michael Waldron. Or not. There's other stuff in various stages, but nothing is apparently set. So that's the segment from that article from Puck News. And then um, two other things. I'll have the articles that you guys can read if you want to, but the titles of the articles kind of say it all, but it's just relevant to this kind of conversation of Star Wars that we're about to unpack. But uh, devotion filmmaker J.D. Dillard no longer developing a Star Wars film. And on the same day, uh, an article came out later that was Sean Levy in talks to direct a Star Wars film which uh, wouldn't he would not start filming until after his work directing Deadpool 3 is complete. Uh, Tim. Yes. Star Wars. What is your what is your personal opinion on the state of Star Wars right now? It's really fascinating. Honestly, it uh, it I think in hindsight, it makes what. Disney and Marvel did with the Infinity Saga like seem much more special in that they were able to construct so many movies, link them all together, and then cap them off in a really satisfying way for the fans. Not everybody likes, you know, the the ending of Infinity War or whatever, but, you know, critically, but in terms of the right. fans, most people who saw it who were fans of, of what came before were like, yeah, this was great. They They did. They landed the plane. And so when you look at yeah. Star Wars, uh, arguably at the beginning of everything, when Disney Disney buys Star Wars, Disney buys Marvel, just without without them even starting it, Star Wars seems to be the more sure bet. But somehow they they've really fumbled it. Yeah, I mean, I think I I have a similar opinion that uh, you know I've liked. I feel like I'm 50-50 on terms of like now that, you know, in at this time in 2022 with all the Disney Star Wars stuff that has come out, I've definitely been up and down. I feel like if I was to make a spreadsheet of all the stuff that I've seen in that new regime, I think I might be 50-50 split, maybe even leaning more towards like not loving everything that they've done. Um, and I totally agree with you that it does go to show just like how like well-constructed the MCU was and how, like, you know, the experiment to a certain extent paid off. If anything, we're only now, I think, seeing real diminishing returns kind of consistently in, in phase four of the MCU, because yeah. I do think this newest phase is it's not so good. Um, I agree. Definitely stumbling in quality there. But up until then, like, you know, it, it brought the hype. And even the Marvel movies that weren't so good, like, you know, they didn't... It, I don't know if it was different and like maybe just because we had the fervor of just like moving into this like culmination moment. It was like the first really big one that like we had the Avenger team was before, but this kind of felt like a real moment and it, and it did pay off and they did, like you said, land the plane no matter how you kind of like that last movie. But uh, yeah, with Star Wars, like, you know, I like Force Awakens. I like Last Jedi. I don't like Rise of Skywalker. I love Andor. I like Mandalorian. I don't like both, you know, so it's but then like, you know, you could talk to another person who's in the Star Wars stuff and they're going to be the exact opposite of me where they're going to be like, I didn't like Force Awakens because it's too much like the first one. I don't like Last Jedi because I'm a, I'm a crazy person. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't like uh, I don't like Andor because it's trying to be like some pretentious whatever thing. You know, but those people are out there. I make fun of them because I think they're dumb. But like, there's so many of those people out there, and it does like I can understand why uh, 
Kathleen Kennedy and in the Star Wars ship are kind of like at, have this like choice paralysis because I do think they're stuck in a crossroads of doing try and do stuff that's a bit more like subversive and unique, but has like less audience love like a less Jedi and like an Andor, or do we make more safe bets based in nostalgia and keep filling out like the Skywalker stuff by doing things like Mandalorian, um, things in the spirit of rise of uh, rise of Skywalker. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I do feel like they kind of like are stuck in a crossroads. And I do think, you know, uh, much to your point earlier and also like, you know, speaks to just how these two, you know, using these two examples, Marvel and Star Wars, uh, it just goes to show when you plan one, you might have better <laughs> results. Yeah. Well, you know? and I don't hate and like I'm I'm pretty ambivalent on Star Wars. I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy. I don't hate it either. But I think it's really like when you just compare right. the two franchises, you know, going into the Infinity Saga with such a crazy like nailed down plan for all these movies. And then when you see them taking arguably the more valuable IP uh, in Star Wars. Yeah. And then just being like. Uh, well, we got the first one and then we got the second one. And I don't know if you want to go change everything about the second one. That's fine. You you can do that if you want. Like they just, yeah. <laughs> they, just they didn't, you know, why didn't they plan this stuff? This is such a, a valuable entertainment property. Why? Why are you just letting people wing it? If you're Disney. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it was kind of exciting before you kind of know, like, what the. Like when you when you hear that they have three different directors who are writing and directing these Star Wars movies, you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of like the original trilogy. There's kind of like a passing of the baton. Like it sounds cool on paper, but then now that we've seen the end result, it's just like, oh yeah, you probably, you guys should have fucking talked about this, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> like a showrunner at least, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, or like you know, a executive producer that has like more of a, I don't know, like I don't know what role is the problem in that because like, you know, it does seem like Ryan Johnson and JJ Abrams, like were, were they never in the same room together when they were making their Star Wars movies? Cause you know, whether you like one or the other, or you don't like one, like it's true. It's true. Like, you know, I like that Ryan Johnson went the direction that he did, but you know, the people who are having a certain expectation, like he does fucking throw like everything in the garbage that JJ made in force awakens, you know? And then JJ throws everything that he made in, in the last one. Yeah, and then we just have a movie that's in the garbage now. Yeah, well, it's like that third one. It's a it's a exquisite corpse. You've done that in uh, our class, you know. You get one person draws the legs, and then they fold it, and then another. Yeah. it's just they did that, and then like you know, sometimes those come out great, and other times they look like shit. Yeah, and now we have one that looks like shit, and I do think like they've just been playing it uh, just painfully safe. I like Mandalorian. I like Mandalorian season one. Uh, more than season two because season one kind of felt like it was more mysterious and it felt more like on the out outside of like skywalker drama stuff and main mm -hmm. canon star wars stuff and then the second season like i, I don't know if they were like i don't know like it, it, they just like they they dial it like 100 percent into regular star wars lore and stuff and like i don't know it doesn't really work for me i do think the the star wars cartoons kind of covers the the Jedi Star Wars nostalgia stuff that I like, I do think the cartoon handles the most and the best. And I do think Dave Filoni is good at that stuff. And he is kind of like spearheading a lot of Star Wars Disney plus stuff right now. But I just like don't I don't know that it, I, I don't know what they should do.
you know? Well, yeah, they are kind of... I feel like Disney doesn't like the prequels, but then they're still also trying to, like, catch up on some of the prequel stuff and, t- like, trying really hard to tie that into the the original trilogy stuff in a way that, yeah. like, add, adds to it when... I don't know, just like move forward, go past. If you don't like that stuff as it was introduced, like go to the next, go to after, you know, and, and spend more time in that. And what people yeah. want is like, you know, they want weird little guys and they want analog spaceships. Like those are like the two, some of the, like the big like Star Wars so. things, you know, so why? Yeah. Yeah. Go for, go with that. And I think like, you know, they need to, I, have you have you watched Andor at all? Tim? I started it, um, but I've heard that that's the best one of the series. Um, I and and it's like the most like yeah. Rogue One, is it not? I I like Rogue One of of all the new Star Wars ones the best. Uh, yeah, I mean it is. It's made by the Tony Gilroy, who I think directed Rogue One or like was some level of involved with it. Maybe wrote it. Um, wrote a draft of it. But this shows from him, and uh, yeah, it's just the most like. It just feels like a, its own story and its own thing. And, uh, you know, it like ultimately will tie into Star Wars stuff that we know and, and love today and like the, the grander saga. But it, it feels separate and it feels like, you know, it's dealing the way that Rogue One is just like, oh, this feels like an actual like war movie. Andor is just like, oh, this actually feels like a story that's about like rebellion starting from like mm. the embers of fascism, you know, yeah. like it, it and it has a lot in its mind and it actually like makes Star Wars politics like not only kind of like make sense for the first time, but be interesting. Like they talk about Palpatine, like he's a cunning political leader, not that he's just like the, the dark wizard, you yeah. know, like, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and that's, and it's cool. Well, yeah. And you know, actually just now that I'm thinking of it, you know, Star Wars has the problem of people like the, or not the problem, but people like the universe of Star Wars, I would say. And maybe this is just my own personal feelings, but people like that universe mm-hmm. and and the design and everything of it. So you can put like any story in that design as long as it adds to the world. Whereas Marvel yes. Phase 4 has the opposite problem where like there's really nothing that special about the world of the MCU it's now that it's lost. It's like it's a listers. Uh, who, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mar- yeah. And that, that's an interesting point. And like, you know, I do think with Star Wars, it's like they should just be having more fun experimenting with genre in that space um, instead of like doing like a, a Western inspiration or a samurai inspiration like they've done time and time again. Like, you know, like they can do things that are like. A prison break or, you know, act- actually talk about fascism, which is like something they don't, despite like that being kind of what the whole series is about. They don't really kind of talk about like political fascism in that way or like a police state that it is with stormtroopers and that and they actually like do tackle that stuff like in Andor. But uh, yeah, they can there's like more things they can do in the Star Wars universe, whereas like Marvel, I feel like. It's weird that they they don't really do that now because I feel like they've had their best successes by by being like. This is a heist movie. This hmm. in the MCU. This is a um, spy espionage, espionage movie in the MCU. You know, like uh, with Spider Man, it's just like this is like Breakfast Club. This is like summer vacation movie. But it's Spider Man. Like they they do do stuff like that. But Phase Four, I just feel like they are not like they're not doing that right now. Except for like Shang Chi, I do feel like they're kind of, they're trying to be like this is like 
a martial arts movie and that then, is also uh, a Marvel movie, and I think that actually works pretty good. Raimi, Raimi Strange, uh, was like and he was like a good horror that's movie. Favorite. That's like a genre. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite of the of the Phase Four I've seen. I haven't seen Black Panther yet though. Ah, uh, we we did. I wanted to like him more, but damn, I'm curious to hear your <laughs> thoughts about it. I it's not you know it's not bad. It's just like there's there's like a lot of cool stuff in there, but. Uh, the things that they do for like like honoring Chadwick always hits in that movie, but the stuff that they, uh, it's it's a very it's a lot going on. It's also it's two hours and like forty six minutes. Long. <laughs> That's so long. <laughs> it's it's so and it, and it's not one of those. It's not like Endgame. We were just like I yeah you were in it for Endgame yeah time. right right yeah for this you're just like I I'm go- I want to go to bed like, this is too much it's dude it's so much movie. Uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff in there, but like it has some of the same like issues that are in Black Panther are still kind of in, in this one, and uh, just a very it's very up and down, and there's a lot of movies, so the the ups feel good, but the downs feel real real not so good. <laughs> uh, we'll see. They have to also I don't know they have to figure out how to they have to figure out how to give uh, VFX artists time and more money and not put them through painful crunch. Uh, so. The special effects can also look better because mm. they look bad. <laughs> uh, do you want to see a Sean Levy Star Wars movie? Uh, Tim, what did, what did he do again? What, what's uh, sorry, I'm bad with directors. Well, no, you're cool. He's doing a uh, Deadpool three, and he's also very involved in Stranger Things. Oh yeah, oh, right. That was from the article. The I well, you know, from the article, I was bummed that the um, the devotion guy didn't do his star wars movie because he was gonna do a uh a tie fighter like squadron movie yeah. which would have been so yeah. sick um, which would have hit it's funny though because patty jenkins was doing like a rogue squadron movie right so why which why it would have been she... interesting if there was some like level of like wouldn't, dude wouldn't that be tight if someone like if if patty jenkins made like a rogue like a rogue squadron movie and then jd diller did a tie fighter movie and then you have a movie where it's like those characters you learn to like Whoa. on both have yeah, to like fucking fight sweet. each other yeah that would have been awesome yeah, tight <laughs> um, uh i do think sean levy though I-, I think if you do something that's like stranger things but star wars that sounds like it can make sense to me that sounds marketable uh wasn't that uh that video game you had a bald guy with, or, you know, a ball, a little, little bald kid with force powers. The bald kid. Uh, which the, one? The, the force one unleashed. For, yeah, the one for GameCube. Way back. Well, I don't know about that one. It's not the one that's like God of War, but it's Star Wars. I mean, it was like it was a flop. I remember they had like the Soul Calibur tie-in and everything back in the day. Is that Force Unleashed? Uh, that might be Force. That's Unleashed. one with Sam Witwer is is yeah. the guy. He's he's Darth Vader's apprentice. Yeah, I don't know if he's bald though. He's got more of a buzz. Yeah, okay, buzz cut. Well, so does Eleven. So does Eleven. Yeah, and Force powers. That new season of Stranger Things, uh, I really liked, and it looks really good. I thought it was good. So, yeah, I was into it. I yeah. it's my uh I would say it was better than the the season before it for sure. So like I was I yeah. they lost me a little bit at the end, but I was into it. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, I dug I dug it. Um all right, well, moving on from Star Wars. I don't know what they should do next for Star Wars movies, but uh they don't pay us to figure it out, but I do think they should do they have to make something good, but it is an in- it is an interesting place that they find themselves in, and they still have like not announced like you know anything at D twenty three. 
there's some vague movie news. So, you know, we'll keep our eyes on what happens in the future with with that. All right, moving on to story number two. James Gunn and Peter Safran's 10-year plan. Uh, if you listen to last month's Story Screen Reports, we still had not known that uh, it was a few days after that episode posted that the news uh, broke that James Gunn and Peter Safran were uh, put in charge of DC Films and uh, uh, Walter Hamada left. So it uh, it's, it's interesting. Nothing too much has kind of come from that. News wise, but, you know, we've been covering since we've been doing this podcast series, the Warner Brothers Discovery stuff. Uh, so it's just kind of interesting to see this story evolve month to month. To month. But this article uh, is written by Aaron Couch at The Hollywood Reporter. Filmmaker and newly appointed co-head of DC Films, James Gunn, said this at a company meeting, quote, the opportunity to make DC as great as it can be and as it should be. That is the reason why I'm doing this job, because I know that Peter and I can do that. We spent the past couple of days with a group of some of the best thinkers in the industry, the best writers in the industry, starting to map out that eight to ten year plan of what it's going to look like in theater, in TV, in animation, across the board for these characters. End quote. Gunn and Safran will report directly to Zaslav, who this week told investors that he spent a lot of time with the duo over the past few months. They replaced Walter Hamada, who departed as DC Films president last month after holding the post for four years. The search for new leaders to run DC was long and closely watched, with the ascension of Gunn, a top filmmaker, coming as a surprise. Uh, so that's the end of the article. I, you know, I think even like Mike and I said on the first episode, it's like, we wouldn't want James Gunn to do that and here we are months <laughs> later <laughs> he, he was uh, on the ropes i it's it's great well i i never thought that he would want to take on like such a essentially like kevin feige-esque executive producer role like this but but tim you know how how do you feel about um you know let's let's kind of start from the beginning though how do you feel about uh gun and saffron taking over this like he- co-heading of dc films I think it can only be uh, better than what they what's been going on. You know, like, <laughs> well, I agree with that. Yeah, and yeah. and his uh, his Suicide Squad was really good, um, and it had yep. his own. And like, I think that's the thing is that you need somebody with a little bit of like style, and maybe maybe by the end of the James Gunn tenure, you'll be like, oh my god, not another one of these like gritty, sweary sort of things. Uh, but yeah. like, I at least. Now it will have its own like identity because up until now, all the DC movies were like kind of just like stupid, just, you know, they just like they were just kind of bland, you know, they, they even like the ones yeah. that were like interesting still kind of had like this air, like feel of sameness or like blandness to it. everything was like shiny and, you know, like Henry Cavill's upper lip was shiny, you know, it's all just, <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, so I, I think it'll be uh, a it, it, should be cool. I don't know. I'm willing to see what he does with it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it will be interesting to see um, if the movies that they are kind of like watching over and, and like executive producing, if they will have like the gun like flair to them. I think that they won't all feel that way. Uh, I feel like they but I I am curious, like, you know, kind of what we were just talking about with Star Wars versus Marvel. Uh, I'm curious, like what the the plan is because they seem to be like, all right, we got all the writers together. We're trying to come up with an eight to 10 year plan that is like cohesive and makes sense. So it's like, 
cool. Does that mean you guys are doing like hard reboots on stuff? Are you repurposing things? Does that mean it seems like Henry Cavill is coming back? It seems like Black Adam isn't going away. And, you know, but does that mean like um, uh, our favorite they, them, Ezra Miller remains? <laughs> what do like, you know, what does it They're going to jail? What does it mean? <laughs> Can they make a movie from jail? Who knows? Uh, but like, you know, so like, what does it mean? This like plan that they're making that's going to be like a multimedia thing. Like, I'm curious about that. Does it like is it like Marvel where there's a bunch of team ups and it leads into like a, a penultimate event? I don't know. But they still have Matt Reeves Batman, which feels like a separate thing. Is there a plan to do all kinds of separate stuff? It's uh, it's interesting to see because I do feel like the the road is like kind of open for them to kind of do what they want because everything before it, like you said, is, is bad. It's not good. And I do agree that like the the DC movies, like if anything, they do for the most part, have a pretty strong visual identity. It's just that they're, it's all like lame and it's yes. all just like, kind of like how to <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, a DC movie when you see it, when it's from like the Snyderverse or like the fractaling of the Snyderverse, like Shazam looks like that's a Snyderverse character, even though it's like, you know, not touched by Snyder at all, you know? Right. Everything like moves like all, like even just all their, their CG looks the same, you know, their, their action sequences yeah. are always like kind of like weird and uncanny in a little bit. Uh, High contrast, yeah. like desaturated. Yeah. It's all, it's all weird. Look, I, I'm curious to see what the plan is. Uh, did you watch Peacemaker, Tim? No, I want, like I said, I watched the new Suicide Squad, but I, I don't, I don't really like John Cena that much. I didn't need to watch Peacemaker. It's funny. I was talking to someone the other day. I'm not a wrestling guy, right? But uh, I feel like Cena, to me, I think is one of the stronger uh, wrestler to actor pipeline people that I've seen. I think he's, I think he's good. I think he has more range than The Rock. And, uh, I like Batista too, but I do think that uh, seeing Peacemaker and having more time with seeing him, I'm just like, he's good in that show. He's really good in that show. I could see, I you know, I'm not going to say that he doesn't have more range than The Rock or that. Or I, like, I think I agree with you probably on that. I, there's just something, just something about yeah. I just don't know what's like looking at him. I don't know. Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. He has some like crazy, like offensive veins bulging yeah. from his biceps. Where I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want, I actually like don't want to look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't want to fucking look at that right now. It's it's a lot. Uh, cool. Yeah. Is there anything uh, you wanted to add on on DC films and uh, Gun and Saffron the uh, being in this new position? No. Good luck. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> God fucking speed, dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We will see. The story keeps evolving every every month, so we'll see if anything new comes from it uh the next james gunn thing that's coming out is the uh guardians of the galaxy holiday special which is supposed to be the epilogue to phase four we'll see how that turns out and i think that's and then you know for for uh james gunn and marvel it's guardians of the galaxy 3 and then he's he's out and he's out uh, i mean what an interesting journey he's been on yeah, there. really <laughs> he, he was he was gone and now he's head of the competitor yeah it's uh, it's pretty intense. There were some articles coming out that the first person James Gunn told was Kevin Feige. And, you know, it, it was sweet. And it's just like, all right, cool. It's like, you know, not too competitive in that way. But I also feel like, you know, James Gunn probably uh, knows a lot of what Marvel's plan is. Oh, true. I didn't so even it's think interesting about that. that he's, you know, 
he's in the he's in the hot seat. So does he, yeah, does he not know, have I, a non compete? I don't know. I mean, but he might not have. I, I guess he doesn't have a non compete because he is he is competing. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, give he it a couple mergers competing. and maybe not. Maybe he won't be. Yeah. My uh, actually, I have one. I have one more question, kind of regarding this stuff. I'm curious about your thoughts on. Do you think that we get more? James Gunn uh, stuff like do we get more um, like more Suicide Squad stuff more Peacemaker stuff like do, does the homie have the time to even do his own projects do we see his own projects I, yeah, I don't know maybe he'll have uh, one or two that he plucks at you know they're gonna have the lineup right the timeline all all assigned and maybe he'll like try and pluck one or two for himself yeah you know I don't know sure maybe that's why they have it as like a co-heading so it's just like when I'm you know, when I need to do like content for DC, uh, um, the other guy can kind of watch over things while he's doing that. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting times we live in. Interesting times we see DC <laughs> in. They're coming back. But they're coming back. I hope so. I want DC stuff to be good. I love the Batman. So even though you just made more of Matt Reeves, the Batman movies, that's. That's okay with me. I've always been a Marvel guy, so I I don't know. I, I I don't even know. I think Swamp Thing is like maybe the only DC property that I'm like, all right. I, I mean, I like Batman, but I don't have really strong feelings on on that many others. Mm-hmm. I think Batman. I mean, Batman's really the one that I have the most love for with DC. The other guys, I'm kind of like whatever. Um, I always really like Static Shock too. That's because I just really liked that show when I was a kid. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, but Swamp Thing, it's Swamp Thing I always just kind of see more as like it's more of an Alan Moore thing than it even is like a DC thing to me. Because hmm. Alan Moore stories are so just kind of like, I feel like separate from any of the publishers they're attached to, you know? Right. It was cool we got to see the other Swamp guy in the in the werewolf show. That was cool. I, I liked that show. I thought that was good. Yeah, that was cool. It was fun. It was fun. Okay, moving on to story number three. Uh, Henry Selleck wants more credit for The Nightmare Before Christmas. This is an interview by Todd Gilchrist at the AV Club. So for this one, because it's an interview style, I'm going to read kind of the intro to the article. And then I'm going to uh, read a few excerpts from the interview. So, you know, AV Club asking the question and then uh, Henry Selleck answering the question. So bear with me. But... Henry Selleck is the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas, James and the Giant Peach, and Coraline, and the new Netflix film Wendell and Wilde, but he's often been overshadowed by the likes of Tim Burton, Roald Dahl, and Neil Gaiman, and Jordan Peele. Not that Selleck contributions have been minimized, but other folks often receive the lion's share of the credit for the success of Selleck's films, which all share a feverish imagination, invented visuals, and a mischievous sense of humor Leavened with earnest emotion. Leavened? Leavened? AV Club asks, You have such a strong voice in your animated work, and yet so much of the credit goes to other people. There are people who think that Tim Burton directed The Nightmare Before Christmas. And Marcella responds, Yeah, I've won many a bar bet. AV Club asks, Is there an impulse for you to defer to that? Or do you feel a collaboration necessitates it in some way? Uh, Henry Selick responds, no. 
That was a little unfair because it was called Tim Burton's Nightmare until three weeks before the film came out, and I would have been fine with that if that's what I signed up for. But Tim was in LA making a few features while I directed the film, and I mean, Tim is a genius, or certainly was in most crea- in his most creative years. <laughs> it's such a dig. <laughs> I always thought his story was perfect and he designed the main characters, but it was really me and my team of people who brought that to life. Now, of course, if you ask Danny Elfman, well, that's his movie. When we finished the film, it was so funny because he came up to me, shook my hand and said, Henry, you've done a wonderful job illustrating my songs. And he was serious and I loved it. Fine. But my thing was, I'm going to hang in there long enough to where people actually say, oh, that guy, Henry, he does stuff. And so in the long run, especially with Coraline and this film, I mean, Coraline is based off a really good Neil Gaiman. That didn't hurt. On this, my collaborator, Jordan Peele, and that is the reason we were able to set this up. Uh, So I really, truly like to collaborate, but I'm only leading the team, but I'm the one leading the team to make the movie. Uh, Later on the article, AV Club asks, you talked about the genius of Tim Burton and you've worked with Wes Anderson and Jordan Peele. Are there partners who have been especially good collaborators? And Henry Henry Sillick responds, I'll just go through it again. Tim Burton had very little to do with the making of Nightmare Before Christmas, but it was his idea. It was his character designs, but he entrusted me because he knew me and the head of storyboards, Joe Ranft. But It was my crew in San Francisco that made that. He showed up at the end with an editor and trimmed out some of the stuff to tighten the film. On James and the Giant Peach, Tim was a producer, but he really wasn't there. And I had to battle with the horrible Disney executive, this guy David Vogel, may he rot in hell, who sucked so much (laughs) of the juice out of the movie because of his ego that it hurt the film. Uh, Tim, with this interview with Henry Selleck. Did you know that uh, Henry Selleck was the director of Nightmare Before Christmas, or did you assume no, it was Tim Burton? Like I did. I'm guilty. Yeah, same, dog. I learned I learned that uh, the day I read this article. I was like, oh. It's a good article. It's like, you know, it really, really sort of paints a picture of, like, you know, your, your favorite animator, favorite animator type guy, you know? Just plugging away. Mm-hmm. Uh Everyone else is getting the shine, and he's just, you know, just doing his thing. Yeah, I mean, he really is the, you know, he seems to really be the mastermind behind a lot of this stuff. Kind of makes me think of the uh, the guy who, uh, I should look up his name, because, you know, the whole point is to know who these people are. But uh, the guy who directed Mad, did you see Mad God? Oh, uh, that's uh, Phil Tippett, isn't it? Yeah, and like, you know, he's like... He's the goat when it comes to like doing that stuff. And the Mad God, he actually has an opportunity to be like, "This is only I wrote this, I directed this. It's me and a crew of like people who I taught." And uh, it's just like, "Oh, word!" Like this is his joint. You can tell. I haven't seen. I it. I almost wonder if like you know, it's it's cool. I mean, like it's really weird. Like yeah. it's it's one of those things where written by him. Like it doesn't really have a script. I think it's just like it's a very visual story. It's a very it's. It's more of like a art piece than it is like a beat by beat plot. Like it's super weird. There's like little to no dialogue. Um, so it's more of like an experience. Don't smoke weed when you see it or <laughs> definitely smoke weed. One of the it depends on how you feel because it is an, it's like so unsettling, but like in weird ways. But I almost wonder if like, you know, Henry Silic, if he uh, could have that narrative, he like made something. He's like, I wrote this. I direct it. No collaborators. This is my shit. And, uh, you know. I wonder what that project would look like. That would be that would be interesting. 
I think, you know, people know Phil Tippett, though. You know, I think if you're if you like practical effects, if you're in the know for that kind of stuff, you you give him respect. You know I don't know. I, I guess I'm not I don't know enough about like the animation world to like how many people are like, oh, yeah, he's he's the man. Yeah, I, I thought like, you know, I did. I thought that Tim Burton's role in Night Before Christmas was at the very least collaborative. Yeah. You know, and it seems like he really kind of like set it up like you know he kind of you know gave them the ball for them to play with but uh yeah it, it is surprising just how little he was involved and how candid henry Silik is with it being like just so we're all fucking clear well henry uh, has to <laughs> has to watch tim cash those hot topic checks man that's true he's making all those fucking all that all, goddamn money all that hoodie money the jack skellington hoodie i read uh i read um Burge had this book and I read it at the theater. It's called Burton on Burton. And it's like interviews with Tim Burton, but at various stages in his career. So like, you know, it's usually each chapter is named after a movie. So this this uh, interviewer, you know, meets up with him after each one of these movie releases. And uh, it's interesting to just see him kind of like change as a person and like also like his his philosophy and CGI, like wildly changes to where he's like not into it and then all of a sudden like you know he's like the cgi guy you know oh interesting it is very interesting but him talking about nightmare like you know he doesn't necessarily make it seem like he's not not involved you know what i mean like he he seems like he's he's doing it right you know um i don't remember the interview super super well because i read the book a few years ago but i definitely don't remember it sounding like this i'll tell you that hmm well, yeah, hopefully hopefully he gets more of his credit. And I haven't seen Wendell and Wild yet, but I've heard it, it was good. I would on. like to see that. Yeah, yeah it looked cool. I do like all all that other stuff. Uh Henry Silk seems like a cool guy. He does. Though. He does. I like the interview. He's he's yeah. He sounds like a good guy. Yeah, definitely encourage everyone to read that interview. And also, you know, now if someone calls it uh uh, Tim Burton's Night Before Christmas, you could slap the beer out of right. hands and be like, fuck, fuck you, no. And he said, like, put his, his blood, sweat, and tears into that. He, Tim wasn't down in the trenches bending those fucking Muppets around. Yeah. <laughs> Twisting their little, little freaky hands little around, wire. doing all that weird shit. Yeah. No, he was nowhere to be found. Just sipping Mai Tais in San Francisco. Uh, I wonder what movies he was working on when that came out i don't know beetlejuice batman I'm looking that up. yeah what's what do we got beetlejuice 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 well when did when did night before christmas come out let's see so that came out in 1993 so that means in 1993 imdb let me see it all yeah, the new IMDb hmm. sucks. Yeah, maybe Batman Returns and Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands came out in 1990. Well, no, probably not then. Maybe it was like... Well, he's, no, there was an interesting in that article because he was talking about the Key and Peele movie and he said, I was doing that and then uh, Jordan uh, was going to do uh, uh, Get Out. Oh, okay. And and stop motion does take a long time, so you know I don't know. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, so if that came out in ninety three, then you know that could be in ninety four. We have a visit with Vincent in ninety four. We have Ed Wood in ninety two. We have 
uh, Batman Returns. In 1990, we have Edward Scissorhands. So, you know, it could be overlapping with those <clears throat> projects when they're getting made, which is a lot of stuff. But, you know, he's still doing like his like, you know, when Ed Wood comes out, that's like a pretty weird artsy movie, you know. Uh, Tim was probably just drawing like weird frowny faces in his little, his little yeah, notebook. Yeah, with, uh, with the black and white snakes yeah. going all around him. <laughs> with yeah. the X eyes, yeah. <laughs> make make this! <laughs> Tim, we really, really need you, here to, need you here to work on this. It's just like, make this pumpkin sad. <laughs> uh, Alright, well, uh, you know, moving on from story number three. Story number four, uh, Tim. Very excited to talk to you about this one. <clears throat> Lionsgate wants to make a John Wick video game written by Brian Welk at IndieWire. Lionsgate is flirting with the potential of a major video game based on the John Wick action franchise. During an earnings call with investors, John Feltheimer noted that Lionsgate, Lionsgate execs have been fielding proposals for a big video game based on the Keanu Reeves movies. Despite his excitement at the idea... Uh, Felthimer was hesitant to say much more about the early stages of the project. Quote, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but we believe there is a big AAA game to be made out of John Wick. We have been fielding proposals. We certainly are interested in moving that forward, but I don't want to say anything more about it at this time. Tim, who the fuck do you want to make a John Wick video game? I, I don't know who. All right. What makes we have we have John Wick Hex? That is a that is a John Wick game that is not very good. Apparently. Well, it's a shooter, right? Obviously, obviously, the John Wick game's got to be a shooter. Sure, first person okay. or third person? Are we talking? I would. I'm I'm pro. I like first, but you know, people like third sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. but what what makes the John Wick game different than any other FPS game? Because John Wick is um an FPS game turned into a movie. You know, that's true. So how do you how do you transmute it back into its inspiration? Right. right? Like, I, do you maybe have like cool bullet time sort of stuff in it to like make it so that you're doing Keanu like, you know, headshots really fast? I don't know. I think so. In my opinion, I think you would either go kind of like the Max Payne route. Where you have things kind of like the bullet time, almost like Matrix inspired. Mm-hmm. You go into a room, you're like, you know. It's very action packed. You're doing a lot of movement and slow mos, but I think the might, I think what would be the best per- people to uh, make this is a little developer called Slow Cap- Slow Clap, and they came out with a game this year called Sifu, and oh. Sifu already has a John Wick mod in it on the PC version, and it looks like it's it's right at home, and I think that they should make the John Wick game hundred and ten motherfucking percent see i'm an xbox so i haven't played sifu but it i have seen you post about it and it looks very cool yeah and can you imagine like you know it, they add just like a gun mechanic mm-hmm. and like i feel like it should be a martial arts game that like the gun is basically like your finishing move like you don't even like you really use the gun you know true i mean i don't know but there is so much gun there is in shooting sections yes that's true that is a good point and that's like, and again, with John Wick being a game, like they've already introduced like 
I've I've complained to you about this before, and that the third one I don't like that they added guys with like bulletproof helmets because now it's just like now you're playing a video game and now you're playing on hard mode and headshots yeah. take three shots to kill instead of one, and that's stupid. I don't like it. So I yeah, you know it's they've already they they do yeah. video game stuff in the game. I don't, can you do like maybe a GTA John Wick having a big a big open world John Wick? Then then you get some of the stuff with like the the hotel involved and some of the cool like rules about being an assassin. That would be cool. I mean, I do think like, you know, you make the hotel the hub world no matter what. So that's where you go after each mission to get more missions. And maybe they have a little bit of a dating simulator where you can ask someone at the concierge to like go on a date, (laughs) you know, and like you do that. You know, you have a little bit of Persona 5 in there. It's a little bit of that going on. Um, It would be lame, but they could also get away with it being like more of a – you're someone who is in the John Wick assassin right, you world. You're not him. John Wick yeah. himself, which I always isn't like. You know, there's a time where I think that was more interesting, but now we live in this world where you know they want to make Batman universe movies without or Batman universe games without Batman. I'm a little fucking sick of it. <laughs> so I just want the guy. Just give me the guy who's supposed to be in the thing. And if you want to give me another person I can play as in addition, that's fucking fine too. But let me be the let me just be the thing that I signed up for. I mean, uh, my other. I also think. Mm-hmm. Um. Rocksteady, who makes uh, the Batman Arkham games, who is also making the Suicide Squad game, mm. could uh, I think that I think that combat system, the kind of like the you know attack and counter system, could be interesting. And then in, like you know they also have uh, they didn't make this game, but this game is very inspired by it. Shadows of Mordor with the Nemesis system, and every time you got killed, it would uh, that. create a new that enemy who killed you would remember you and like get stronger and more powerful. So I, th- I think like stuff like that would be really cool in the world of. A John Wick game. That would be cool. I would love to see the Nemesis. I I love the Nemesis system, and it's like a bummer that it's only in those games because I would love Why? to see a shooter game with it. Because I think that would be so much fun. Um, I think it'd be cool in all games. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I I I have a hard time thinking of any game that wouldn't benefit from having the Nemesis system in it. Yeah, if you just have like uh, you know you're just walking down the street in the John Wick game, and then like some guy with an eye patch like jumps out of a, a window and like screams at you, and you get a little cutscene like that would be fun. Oh, John Wick! Yeah. <laughs> That's the orc voice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope Look what you did. I hope Lance Reddick is involved. He loves to do, you know, he's in uh, Destiny already. So, you know, he's also in Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, true. Yeah. So he's he's Mr. Game. He games. Yeah. That guy. Robbie. Uh, did you watch the John Wick 4 trailer, Tim? No, I try not to watch trailers, to be honest. Uh, for oh, things that I'm okay. excited about, okay. I try not to watch trailers. Um, I've well, seen how did, some how did bits you and feel? pieces, but... Yes. Okay. How how did you feel about John Wick uh the 3rd? I again, I thought the 3rd was like you're starting to give me too much now. I, the first one's perfect yeah. cuz you get all that you need. The third one, mm-hmm. I don't like they that they added uh you know juggernaut enemies um and yeah. I don't know. I I'm I'm willing to see the fourth one, but it has been a little bit of diminishing returns for me. I think that the second one expands the world and adds enough plot to not bog down what's happening and it's still concerned with like how do we make this movie be cool the third one is when there's there's like too much plot yeah there's like too much like there's too much of like a story they're really trying to weave and it's just like listen it's just not what i'm coming here for and the thing i've always liked about john wick is that it is like capital s simple Mm -hmm. you know and it's used to great like empathetic like effect like the first movie is simple but that is why it conveys empathy so well you know yeah 
So there's something about the the conciseness of a John Wick and that I really like. It's simple, and you get like everything you need within like the first half hour or so. But you still get these like little nuggets of like world that you're like, oh, that's cool. You know, like why has he got gold buried under yeah. his his floor? You know, like so so they use gold as currency in this in this assassin world. That's neat. But then they start telling you yeah. too much about, it and you're like, oh, okay, well uh, we don't. <laughs> that's fine. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I think uh, I think slow cap would slow clap would be a really good contender, but they they are you know still in kind of like the double A, like not quite an indie and a little bit more than an indie space. Um, so yeah, I'm curious like what like triple A uh, developer would handle this game. Mm-hmm. You know, especially seeing like uh, EA now uh, they they had exclusive Star Wars rights for about ten years and now. That's expanding. They're still making like Jedi Fallen Order and games like that. But then, you know, EA just got the um, the deal to make, I think, three Marvel games. So, like, you know, that those are going to be triple A ass mm. video games, you know. And we've seen, uh, you know, John Wick Hex came out and John Wick Hex is not re- very well received, I think. And uh, that that's like an indie John Wick game, essentially. Okay. So we we'll see in terms of like big the big triple a players who could get a john wick game going like you know i think it's really hard to say i i don't know who i think would be the right one respawn that could uh because respawn would be cool respawn's would got be good, good also movement, would, be, good would be uh that's true and that would be ea as mm-hmm. well that'd be interesting um i would like to see respawn make more single player games i like jedi fallen order so that'd be cool i just want titanfall 3 yeah i'm but... trying to think of I also well, Tim, you're you're speaking the same fucking language. But they're just gonna keep making Apex. Uh, they're gonna keep, stupid keep doing more of that. It's fine. I I don't mind. I played Apex for a while. I just want I just want my Papa Scorch too. back. I just want to be able to to play Scorch again. Dude, you're speaking my language. That Titanfall single player is also so fucking it's good. good. So. I mean, look, anyone who follows yeah. me on Instagram can see my my 3D printed BT that I spent probably eight months working on. And it's cool. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm I'm curious on who would uh, take take the uh, the reins on a John Wick game. But moving on to our final story on the reel. Story number five: Avatar four and five may be canceled if Way of Water flops. Written by Cameron Frew at Dextero. Avatar The Way of Water is the first of four planned sequels in the franchise. The third, the, f- the third, fourth, and fifth films are believed to be titled Avatar The Seedbearer, Avatar The Tolkien Rider, and Avatar The Quest for Iwa, as per BBC News. While the first movie was an unprecedented hit, Cameron is prepared to close the book on, the av- on Avatar with the third installment, if The Way of Water doesn't connect with audiences. Quote, the market could be telling us we are done in three months, or we might be semi-done, meaning, okay, let's complete the story within movie three and not go on endlessly, if it's just not profitable. Big expensive films have got to make a lot of money. We're in a new world post-COVID, post-streaming. Maybe those numbers will never be seen again. Who knows? It's all a big roll of the dice. Tim... Do you think that Way of Water is going to flop? I don't know if it will or not. You know, I Avatar never really resonated with me, uh, but 
You didn't want to, you're one of those freaks who want to no, go to no. Pandora and the rest of your I, life. I, I think I saw it on like a, a very small TV when it came out on, on DVD. Uh, okay. Um, I, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted to succeed, but I also don't want like eight more movies of it. But I do appreciate that it's a that it's a new IP, and you know, and it's got a lot of money behind it. You know, a lot of times new IPs don't really get a whole lot of uh, juice, and so you get like you know an esteemed director who takes a risk and they make a new thing, and that's cool. Um, but I also I don't yeah. want. I don't want eight more movies. I don't want a whole theme park experience of it. I don't care that much about Avatar. But I do, in concept, I want to support it. It's it's weird because I feel like the the five-movie mega franchise ball is, like, really, like, is about to get pushed down the water slide. Like, because they have the games coming out. They are doing theme park stuff. Like, it feels like they're... the building the groundwork for a mega franchise that they just haven't done like the rest of the movies. Right. That's a weird and thing. I, yeah. Which is like insane. It's just like, it's like, how are we do How are the, how are they not? How is this movie not out yet? And uh, I think that trailer looks cool. Like the CGI in it, it, it blows my fucking mind. I've talked about it on like three or four podcasts. Like the best scene in that first trailer is uh, a close up on one of the blue cats hands, like tightening a robe in water. And I'm like, that's the most realistic thing I've ever fucking seen. And it looks crazy. And uh, Tim, I I agree with you. And that's like, you know, I feel like I've never quite had the vernacular myself to kind of put it that way. But I, I do really appreciate your observation that it is a new IP and it is like, you know, only someone like James Cameron fucking psychopath could have <laughs> the ability and power to to do that, you know. And uh, yeah, I think that it is. It is cool. And like, you know, I, I like that first movie fine enough. I liked it in theaters because it was it looked really cool. But it was a movie that like uh, the the fever around it was just like, I think everyone needs. We watched the same movie, right? It was cool. Everyone's like, it's the fucking craziest shit I've ever seen. It's like, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it seemed like it got um, a, it really captured a lot of like boomer imaginations. I don't know. Like they just couldn't like, <laughs> I don't know. They had never seen something like that before. I don't know. The boomer, the boomers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I just it, it, the thing is funny is like it, it kind of came and went though. It like did. it was like the biggest thing ever, and then it like was done. You know. Yeah, and that was the time to do three sequels. Not now. I thought that whole, I thought the whole fucking reason it took this long to make this movie was because they were filming the rest of them. That's what I always thought the thing was, and apparently it seems like that's not the case maybe they were developing them i don't know and it took that long but i always thought that they were like doing the lord of the rings where they were filming the rest of the movies kind of like at once yeah but yeah that's not you know what 10 years worth i can't i don't know i mean like it does seem like making five of the or four additional movies no yeah four movies in 10 years is actually not enough time to make those kind of movies like you need that's true i think yeah. Three years minimum to make all the post production, maybe even two. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I think the movie will perform well no matter what. I don't know if it will perform like what its costs needs to recoup. Uh, you yeah. know, like it from like what he's saying. I think is like you know it needs to be like. It needs to be like Spider-Man No Way Home, where it's like this shit makes a like fucking three billion dollars, you know? Needs to be Avatar Fever. It needs to it needs to come out. 
Yeah, it needs to be. People need to be like, I, if I don't go to Pandora in my dreams, I'll fucking kill yeah, myself. Right. Like it needs to to bring that energy back because I think it is just like it is that big of a dice roll where it's like if it doesn't make you know a fucking literal insane amount of money that's hard to quantify and fathom, then it's not worth it. And I think even if this one's successful, I find it hard to imagine that by movie five, it's not diminishing returns, but you know, it's hard to say. Like it's, it's hard to even use like star Wars or Marvel or just Disney at large as like a metric for it or, or, uh, uh, or even Warner brothers at large for a metric for it. Cause like those movies, like, you know, they don't, they don't even all perform like that. You know, like the Batman did not do, did not make an insane amount. It made a lot of money, but it didn't make like an insane amount of money. And I also don't think it cost the same amount of money to make as this crazy. Yeah, thing surely. Does, you know? I mean, they shot Batman on that, the massive stage or whatever. Uh, on the volume. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. We shall see. Do you have any other thoughts on, uh, this article, Tim, I, on the future of Avatar? I don't know. I, everyone says it looks really good. You said it looks really good. I still – I think it looks like a really good animated movie. I don't, Maybe there's something uncanny about it. I don't really – I would read that more real if they were in suits, I think. But you can't do this uh, sort okay. of stuff that they're yeah. doing with that. But I don't know. No, I like. Okay. I mean it looks really good. I'm not going to say it doesn't look good. It's just like I don't – I don't think it looks real. I think it looks like a sort of a – a blended animated live action movie. I think it looks, I think everything like the, the sets in the world looks stunning and realistic, but I think that the design of the blue cat people, who's the name escapes me. Navi. I think it's, I think they've always looked lame. Yeah. I think they're, I think the design of them is like kind of dumb. And, uh, there's no amount of like realistic skin textures that are going to make my human brain be like, that looks realistic. That might be it. Like there's nothing fucking looks like that. You yeah. Know? That like, might be, be, yeah, it might be a me problem. Maybe my brain is too small to accept James Cameron's imagination. <laughs> you know, I have too much of my primitive yeah. brain. I can't, <laughs> I can't fathom Avatar. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, cause there's like this one, there's another scene in that trailer where they're on like, it looks like a shipping industrial factory type thing. And there's like sparks coming out of a robot and they're just, just look at, they're doing some like mundane factory stuff. I'm like, man, it looks really cool. And you got this six foot blue cat also walking around. I'm like, I just wish he was at it. I don't want to see it. I'm, I'm fucking sick of this guy. I don't want to see this guy anymore. So yeah, I don't know. Just the design of them is always like weird, but at the same time, like, you know, for it being like its own IP and it, being this world and you know it, it, it they do fit well in what the the characterization of pandora and avatar is as well you know so we'll see i think it's because it's a movie about family i'm excited for that because it sounds like it's going to be an intimate story in a crazy sci-fi world you love, i think that always works pretty good as established you love movies about family i love movies about family and if avatar can have half of the tear-jerking family moments that any of the Fast and the Furious movies have, <laughs> you're fucked. That, give, it, give it the 10 million billion dollars. It's over. 
Uh, Tim, are you ready to talk about what's coming out in this? I didn't change the name of the list. God damn it. Oh, yeah. No, it's it. not November. It's I December. This, I did this last time. Wow. I have to change it for me. Excuse my extremely loud keyboard. December. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. What's coming out in December? This is the time. This is the part of the show. The time of the show. The part of the show where I tell you what movies are coming out next month and what shows are coming out next month. The shows, you know, it's all the lists that tell you what shows are coming out are weird. I do my best to find the stuff that's kind of interesting, stuff that's interesting to me, stuff that I don't even fucking watch. It seems like, to my understanding, there's not a lot of new shows coming out next month. So, you know, I did my best. But the movies, I think I got a pretty comprehensive list. And let's start with those. On December 2nd, Violent Night comes out. Scrooge, A Christmas Carol, an animated Netflix movie, comes out. Eternal Daughter comes out. And spoiler alert, on December 9th, Emancipation comes to Apple TV+. Empire of Lights. Uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas comes to Shudder. The Whale. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio comes to Netflix. If I don't say where it's going to, it means theaters. So don't, you know, don't come at me. On December 16th, the movie that surely is too big to fail, Avatar, <laughs> The Way of Water. On December 21st, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. On December 23rd, I Want to Dance with Somebody and Babylon. <laughs> I don't know if Babylon has a fun song, but on December 30th, White Noise comes to Netflix. <clears throat> and the shows, it's only a few. Uh, but Doom Patrol Season 4 comes out December 8th to HBO Max. Dragon Age Absolution, an animated Dragon Age adaptation, sequel show, I don't know, comes out December 9th on Netflix. Sonic Prime for the kids comes out December 15th to Netflix. And The Witcher Blood Origin comes out December 25th to Netflix. Tim, what on this list gets your blood pumping? What blows your skirt up? Um... Violent Night looks fun. Uh, I'll, you know, I like I like some fun. of the gags with like the magic bag. That that seems like that's a fun fun thing to do in a Santa killer action movie. Um, yeah, and I like uh, David. Uh, David Harbour too. Yep. He's he's the man. I was surprised Dave, yeah. uh, at how much I thought Puss in Boots looked good. Like I don't know, like in terms, I don't, I probably wouldn't watch it because I I don't care about the the Shrek cinematic universe. But just like the trailer, I was looking at the animation. I was like, oh, this it looks cool. It's got like a neat blend of like three D and like sort of painterly design to it. I thought it looked yeah. neat. Um, I mean, if you asked me, you know, even six months ago, would I be into seeing the Puss in Boots movie? I'd say no. But now that Bur Mike Burge and I have watched all the Shreks, oh, have you? You know. If, if yeah, we watched we did a we did a exclusive episode for the members only page where we did like Shrek retrospective, and I've only seen the first one. So now we watched uh, all four, and uh, that last Shrek movie is pretty good. Hmm. All right, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's so weird. It does kind of like multiverse stuff, different timelines. Kind of reminds me of. Endgame in a lot of ways. It's very weird. It's very weird. Uh, Shrek the Third is truly like one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. It is so bad. <laughs> but Shrek Forever After or Shrek the Fourth. I think it's Shrek Forever After. That movie kind of hits. It's nice. Uh, Pinocchio looks looks rad. Looks looks very good. Can't wait to see uh, GDT. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Uh, what are my other thoughts? Um, 
Babylon looks like it will be a big deal. Babylon and Empire of Light both. Uh, did you see that tweet that was oh, like, true. "Oh, this better not be a movie about the joys of cinema." Did you see that tweet? <laughs> 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 Both of those, just like, yep, okay, it's gonna be one of those. Uh, but the, fa- the Fablemans, too, yeah, it's right, gonna, yeah, it's gonna get us. Yeah. I mean, Babylon looks cool. I mean, but it's also it's funny because it's like it looks like Margot's doing Harley Quinn again, and then Brad Pitt's doing like a kind of similar thing to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I'm curious. You know, I love. I you know, if Damon Chazelle makes a movie, I'm showing up, right? But uh, stuff like Babylon, like I don't know, there's something about like that that setting never really speaks to me as an audience I'm not, I'm, not, I'm never like oh I got to see this movie about the golden age of Hollywood you know yeah it yeah there's like it is one of those things that is very inside baseball like very uh if you're in the game then you love it but if you're a regular person maybe not so much yeah i mean i'm still you know i'm going to see it but yeah i i totally agree um what is that white noise is that something that looked interesting that's got Dadam driver in it forgot. Oh, I want to see that. That one looks cool. Um, um, any of that TV stuff speak to you, Tim? No, I mean, dude, Drag- Me Dragon Age, like, that game was put out to pasture very unceremoniously, and now, like, doing, like, a crappy animated series off it seems like such a weird Hail Mary. Um, it is weird. Well, I mean, they still have that other game that is in the pipeline to come out. Okay. Um, but, uh, I don't know, Bioware, like... They need a hit, yeah, because they have not. <laughs> Sonic, it's been rough, rough going for them. The Sonic thing is funny because it's just Sonic Spider Verse, and then the trailer even had a song that had the word "danger" in it. Like the Spider Verse had "What's Up, Danger." <laughs> I was like, "What are you?" <laughs> That's funny. It's like how like the new Sonic game is just like, "What if we made Sonic Breath of the Wild?" It's like, "What if you did that?" Like, "What if we did?" I heard that? it was like, good. Okay. I heard it was better than I it looked bad at first, but the reviews are saying it's good. I've heard, yeah, I've heard that it's like if you're like a Sonic person, like it's it's really good, uh, but it seems like it has some like technical issues, like uh, like really bad popping uh. and stuff like that. If you're not playing on, you know, next gen consoles or PC, but yeah, it looks good. When I watch the videos and like the video reviews of it, I'm like, you know, this looks kind of fun. Hmm. Maybe in a few months when they like patch a lot of the stuff in it, it'll yeah run. Uh, uh, smoother uh, it'll run uh, faster it's it'll uh, go, it has to it has to go it'll faster, run faster. <laughs> it has to go faster it better go faster um uh are you a witcher guy i i, I watched the first season of the witcher and i liked it but after that i kind of gave it's up it's kind of like all right the, the thing about the witcher is that netflix is clearly trying to position it as like a kind of game of thrones sort of thing yes. in a prestige sort of way but it's really more sci-fi original and that's fine. But yes, I just, it's, it needs to embrace its goofiness a little bit more. And like, uh, I don't I just, I wish it was just a monster of the week show. Honestly, I think that would be so much better. I think that's why, you know, the first season, like it, it kind of had the best of the best of both worlds yeah. where it was kind of monster of the week, but it did have this like interesting, like add a sequence timeline thing that I was kind of driving with. Um, and then the second season, I don't know. I tried to watch sex season. And I was just like, I actually like don't. It's kind of too much. Like, yeah, I don't care about this stuff. Uh, I yeah, like, I, I don't I know. Like, like I, I like the first season. I like Cavill yeah. as the Witcher. Well, I think that's good. Say, yeah, say fucking yeah, goodbye. Say goodbye to him. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, this this blood origin one though, like 
it does look like maybe they've leaned into it because it looks even more like sci-fi, like Tumblr bait than like the other. Yeah. It looks very much like a show that is aiming at a specific fandom and just just trying to go for mm. it. Yeah, they need to go for like they need to make the, the horny uh, horny. Fuck, they need to make the Witcher horny again. That's <laughs> what I was gonna say. They need to make the horny Witcher again. <laughs> just, we need more more tub shots. Yeah, I think so. I think that's like that's what it needs. So I mean, you know, sometimes like the shows of video game adaptations are even better than the game. Like you know, I watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I it made me play Cyberpunk, and I and I like that game. But that's that anime is fucking great. Ten out of ten, really good stuff. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for uh, similar stuff to you, Timmy. Also excited for excited for. GDT's Pinocchio, what weird ship that guy's going to get up to. I'm excited for Puss in Boots. I don't know if I'll get a chance to see it. Gotta see Avatar. But yeah, I think, you know, as the year's winding down, you know, we, uh, not a ton of stuff coming out. We've seen a lot of it. Oh. Gotta see The Whale. The Whale's a top list contender. We'll see. Gotta, gotta see it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of buzz about that one. I don't know if it's my bag, but, mm-hmm. uh. I did want to. I did want to mention the Scrooge movie looks so stupid. It looks like Fortnite. I don't know why that shit exists. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's who it's for. Is, yeah. Is the yeah. Case. Right. It's not for me, but I just was. It was really funny that the whole thing just looked like Fortnite. Just has big Fortnite energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Thanks. Do you think they'll add Scrooge to Fortnite? After oh, dude, that'd be out? so sick if he had like. And would I pay twenty dollars to get him? I if you could like... shoot the ghosts at people or something. Yeah, or like his, uh, he had like a, a gesture that was him doing like we snaw with his little. Eye, like, <laughs> <sighs> it has his little, has his little candle as the backpack blink. Wow, man! <laughs> epic, pay epic me. call, Robbie. Call me. All right, Tim. Well, that is another episode of Store Screen Reports. Uh, Tim, before we get out of here, what are you watching right now? What's what's on what's on your TV these oh, days? Man, I have uh, I've really just been watching SVU reruns to go to bed. I haven't been watching much of anything yeah, these dog. days. Uh, I am keeping are up you, with uh, the new ones. Are you ones. playing anything? Oh, I I play Rocket League every night. Uh, I play the eight o'clock oh, yeah. tournament. Uh, I yell at fourteen year olds routinely. Um, yeah, I hate fucking. my life, uh, but the uh, <laughs> I, I've been playing Rocket League. Other other than that, not really much much gaming these days. Games sync now, Robbie. I don't like any of them. Games sync. Well, fair enough. I mean, I'm playing uh, God of War Ragnarok. I'm having a good time with that oh, one. Yeah, uh, I was playing Overwatch too. That was fun. That was good. Um, but yeah, in terms of stuff I'm watching, uh, Claire and I are watching The Resort on Peacock. Uh, and that show is very cool. Hmm. Uh, we're also watching the new season of White Lotus. Oh, you know which what? Is, uh, I am watching that too. Horny? Yes, it is. I, li- I, li- I mean, I like season one as well. Do you like season two of uh, I think it's, White yeah, Lotus it's good so far. Uh, you know, uh, it's so sad to see Aubrey Plaza so neglected. But, um, you know, I hope. It's true. You know, I have a feeling something's going to turn yeah. around. <laughs> for her. We'll see. What, what was the big? Oh, and then uh, not for not for long. I think. <laughs> and House of Dragons was fun. I thought that was good. I really liked it. I never even watched Game of Thrones. Oh, interesting! I, wow. I was like, this is yeah. I was like, this is cool. Uh, Game of Thrones. It was too like popular and too yeah. big. And then uh, and then also like you know so so House of the Dragons coming out. And Claire's like, 
you're going to watch House of the Dragon. I was like, I'm going to shit on this thing so much. It's going to be so fucking dumb. And we watched the first episode. And I was like, ah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And, uh, you know, I'm watching it like back to back with Lord of the Rings. And like, and I like both. And I was like, Lord of the Rings is just like, it's like poetry. It's so cool. I really dig it. And then House of the Dragon, I'm like, it's just kind of this trashy soap opera. I love that. But then there's like a point where like, everything they're building up in House of the Dragon, I'm like, this is actually, it's actually really good stuff. And then in Lord of the Rings, I'm like, oh, you guys really dropped the ball in that last episode. I don't know. So it's funny oh. how the two kind of oh, yeah. switch the, spots. I thought you were talking about the movies for a second. I forgot the Rings of Power even came out. Oh, the uh, show. Yeah, I, I don't know. The show yeah, was I fine. I like Rings of Power a lot. Oh, really? You like? Okay. I, I liked it. I liked it up until I think the last two episodes, they they really like tripped over their feet. Like they were, they were like, like the first few episodes, man. I'm like, they're running. I'm into this shit, and then I was like, ah, fuck, I don't fucking. I think House of the Dragons takes itself more seriously in a better way than Lord of the Rings does. Okay. Whereas again, I think Lord of the Rings also sort of falls into that a little bit of Tumblery type. Type like that, like fan, <laughs> like a little bit more fan. Who are we gonna shit? Who are we gonna yeah, imagine? Right, making kissing. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, I'm also watching Andor. Uh, best best Star Wars thing maybe ever made. Hard to say. I'll put it on the list. I, really I have good. to motivate Every, myself. I think you know. I've I heard some people had a hard time like getting through the first like three episodes, mm-hmm. and on episode three, it like really pops mm-hmm. off. I, I was in it from the beginning. I thought it was cool because I was just like, wow, there's no one said Luke Skywalker at all. That's really cool. No one. <laughs> no one's like talking about any of this fucking stupid shit. Like characters like, remember this character? He's here now. Remember this character from this thing? They're here. They were here. I was very disappointed by Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, I think I'm Disneyed out. That was pretty weak. I, I think that's like I, She-Hulk was a little taxing yeah. for me, too. I didn't hate it, but I was just also kind of. I, I like She-Hulk. It took me a while to get into She-Hulk, but by the end of it, I was just like, this is fun. I cannot take it that seriously. I'm into it. Um, I think it took a while for its tone to like speak to me. Mm. And then once it did, I was like, this is cool. But I understand. Yeah, but also it's like, it's a lot. I also I don't think that Disney needs to come out with this Marvel stuff at this clip. I think they, they could do less. I think so too. Yeah. And especially if they're you know? not going to... People want the mutants. They know the mutants are there, but they're... They they're not gonna do it. I don't know. <sighs> they tease yeah. you. They keep teasing us. But uh, you know, well, yeah, we'll eventually see. people will move on, and then they'll just drop it. And then you you got to work harder to get people back into it. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. They have to figure out like what they're doing with Phase Five. But I'm also just like, is what they need to do like start really ramping up faster to like the the Avengers team up movie where I'm like is that even something I care about though like you know like is that is that actually what I want out of it I don't you know. lost the first string you lost the A-list like nobody I don't know if there's anybody yeah. that that captures my interest in the way that like Cap Chris Evans as Cap was like perfect casting it was great those movies yeah. were so fun uh, and you know everyone was just cast really well and not that these new people aren't also cast well they're just i don't know they're just the b team heroes yeah yeah i mean the thing, i guess like you know iron, iron man in the comics everyone thought was kind of like b team until they like like when they were making an iron man movie you're like what they're making an iron man movie and then it like hit and then he became 
one of the main guys in like, you know, the when you think of Marvel, you think Iron Man, you know, it wasn't always the case. So, you know, it's funny that they worked their way to like Spider-Man, which I feel like is the most known mm. Marvel superhero. But it took them a while to even get there because of like all the, the rights issues. But yeah, I, no, I agree. Stuff. I think that like the the A-listers being gone is a thing. They keep say, like setting up like younger and younger characters in the MCU too, which is just like kind of exhausting because it's just like, yeah, I get that this kid could be the baby version of this character, but it's just kind of a lot. I don't know. I don't like thinking about watching these movies in 2030, but I know I will be. But I mean, I, mean, I don't know. It's always, it's, I grew up reading the comics and I read a lot of the comics in like middle school and high school. And so you see the same dynamics of like one wave of fans seeding to the next wave of fans. And then the old way, the people who are still hanging on getting like mad, like, Oh, how come they rebooted Spider-Man? I really liked Spider-Man up until this point in the comics. They, they would yeah. do these, like these retcons or reboots and stuff. They had the ultimates line, all of that. And that, yeah. I remember those being controversial when I was reading them in high school, because I like ultimate Spider-Man. I, a lot. Yeah, personally. I, I didn't, I, I liked the regular Spider-Man. I liked <laughs> that he had a wife and like, you Fair. know, problems and stuff. I didn't like that. He was a kid again. Yeah. Um, and and brand new day I hate with all of my heart. Uh, but uh, which one was brand new? Was, day? And after Civil War, when Aunt May gets shot and is on like dies, the devil comes <laughs> and says, "Peter Parker, I, you can you can get Aunt May back, but in exchange, I, and this is like thirty five year old man Peter Parker with a wife. Yeah. Is, you can get Aunt May back, or uh, I can." Um, but to do so, I will take your love of Mary Jane and you'll never know that each other existed. And he goes with that. That's Bro, you're so 35 dumb. years old. That's your aunt so is like insane. 80, dude. Like, she's like, I know you feel bad that she got <laughs> shot because you're Spider-Man, but like, ah, let her go. Just grow, man. Yeah, dude. Um, and then Jeez. so then they re- redid the whole thing. And, and I don't know. I don't know where Spider-Man's at now, but that was sort of when I stopped reading. Um, but again, That's insane. You, you, you see these same dynamics of one wave of fans and then the brand being like okay well look we can't coast on these people who are growing up forever so we got to reboot and get new people in eventually uh and you do that at a cost of some of your real like people who have been sticking with you but the benefit is you get a lot more new people so I, that's what disney's doing now right. but it's just it's it's easy to do that when you have a comic book because it doesn't cost you as much to make a new comic book when you do a whole movie you got to put a lot more money into it Right. Yeah, that's true. And you can't just like, you know, be like, and now this person's this person, you know, like, or at least the the MCU can't. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in, in the DC, they can't. They'd be like, it's a different Batman. Right, right. DC you know? has much more freedom because it's not so locked to one continuity. And they're trying to do multiverse yeah. stuff, but I don't know how much people really want more multiverses at this point. We're kind of multiversed out. I, I was, you know, when they were announcing that they were doing multiverse stuff, I was skeptical because I was just like, that's when it gets so mm-hmm. crazy and you get doubles of this character and doubles of this character. And like, I think they navigated it slightly better than I thought they would. But for the most part, it's like such like fucking mumbo jumbo, you know, like it's, I don't know. We'll see. Tim, are you, uh, do you have anything to plug? Anything you want people to see? Any Anything? Anything you got in the pipeline? Uh, you know, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Slim Tim Irwin. Uh, I'm going to New Zealand next month, so uh, I'll be posting photos. 
If you want to see some cool pictures of New Zealand, go follow Tim. As for me, you can follow me at, at Rabebe on Twitter and Instagram for however long we have Twitter. We'll see. Uh, and I also, uh, a few weeks ago, I had an article published in PC Magazine. They are the, uh, it's a list of five movies that get science and tech surprisingly accurate. So uh, I'm not on the front page anymore, but if you uh, search my name or search the article name, or it's only a few days back, if you're curious on reading that, you can find it there. Or I also have it uh, highlighted in my story uh, on Instagram. So if you're ever curious about reading that, please check it out. It was a really cool experience writing for PC Mag. I hope to write more stuff for them soon. But for now, this is not the only podcast on Story Screen. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host of many podcasts, articles, and reviews. So head over to our website to check out the showtimes for our Mom and Grop video shop. Uh, that's a movie theater, for those who don't know. You can find the showtimes for our movies that we show there. You can also find... Uh, all of the amazing content that we do. Listen to the previous episodes of Story Screen Reports, if you don't mind. They are cool. Even though it's old news, it's still good news. Uh, while you're on our website, you can also find links to go to uh, Wonder Bar, the, the uh, bar cocktail lounge that's attached to the movie theater where you can go get a delicious beverage or a delicious little snack. Uh, but for now, Tim, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Congrats on your article. Of course. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. And, uh, you know, stay, stay, uh, stay with the news. You got to work on that stay one. Stay safe. Be safe out there. You need a, need a catchphrase. Be, the, be with the news. Keep it real. Keep it real. Ah, that's pretty good. That might stay. Keep it real. Until next time. <laughs>